Imagine, you've left your comfort zone, moved to a foreign country that's 12 time zones away. Most people speak a different language. The lifestyle and culture is radically different. But you slowly make your way, and one day you meet a group of strangers that you identify immediately as your kind of people. But just as you feel you have made it, an unspeakable tragedy occurs. How you react will change your life forever. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. And the first one I showed up to, there's women wearing saris. And I'm like, we're going hiking. I'm there in my hiking boots and my hiking pants, all this fancy gear I had brought. Um, Some people were wearing slippers is what they call sandals. They were wearing their slippers still. And it was the first time I felt like I absolutely had found my people in India. I had this community we were trekking or sleeping under tarps during monsoon season. This week, finding one's people, hiking in slippers, and turning tragedy into a lifetime of service. On this episode, a journey from Mount Rainier, Washington, to the Western Ghats in India, and finding one's calling along the way. It's 2233. We operate under a presidential mandate which says that we report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. That's what we call cultural exchange. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And that it was possible to create... Oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. My name is Kylie Adams. I am from Edgewood, Washington, which is right at the base of Mount Rainier in the Cascade region of Washington State. I went to the University of Notre Dame. I studied biological sciences. I was on the Fulbright Student Research Program, specifically the Fulbright Nehru Research Research Fellowship, and I was studying community-based rehabilitation for treating people with disabilities in rural communities. I lived in um, southern India. I was based out of Chennai, India, but because my research was in rural communities, I got to travel all throughout both southern India and then all the way up in the northeast bordering Tibet and Myanmar, I lived in a place called Arunachal Pradesh as well. I knew going to India that one of the hardest parts of me going was that I wouldn't have my mountain in my backyard. I'm very influenced by growing up near and around mountains, and I knew I wanted to get Um, involved in the hiking and trekking culture of India. And in Chennai, when I first got there, and it's this concrete jungle, I was afraid that I wouldn't have that opportunity. But I immediately found out about this group called the Chennai Trekking Club. 
and reached out to them. And they had organized all these hikes in a mountain region called the Western Ghats and um, in some other hill stations to our north. And I got on their email list and I found out they had a women's trekking group that was for all women, mostly for women that hadn't done a lot of trekking before. And I reached out and said, oh, I have a lot of experience trekking. Is this still something I can go on? And they said, absolutely. You know, we would love to have people help lead these treks, encourage other women, show them that it's it's okay to go out um, in the outdoors, go for overnight treks. And the first one I showed up to, there's women wearing saris. And I'm like, we're going hiking. I'm there in my hiking boots and my hiking pants, all this fancy gear I had brought. Um Some people were wearing slippers is what they call sandals. They were wearing their slippers still. And it was the first time I felt like I absolutely had found my people in India. I had this community. We were trekking. We're sleeping under tarps during monsoon season. Um, And they really were my first home in India. Flash forward a few months, I've gone on several hikes with these people. I call several of them my family. We eat and swim and have a great time together. And I, I this will seem like it's not connecting at first, but I was given the opportunity to give a TED Talk in India. And I gave the TED Talk and afterwards my phone had just blown up. And I, um, I thought people were congratulating me for giving a TED Talk. And it actually was a bunch of people in the trekking community reaching out to me asking if I was okay. And I was really concerned why these people were messaging me. Um, and I actually found out that there was a very tragic fire that killed about 14 of my best friends in the trekking group um, that had been hiking that same day on a trek that I was actually supposed to lead, a women's only trek um, celebrating Women's Day. And I... had thought, you know, when I finished this TED talk, it would be this great moment of celebration. But I was really sitting with this idea that probably the most influential part of my experience in India to date had been um, my time spent in the hills, talking and walking with especially these other women. And I I had a really hard time coping with that. And I didn't even want to stay in Chennai. Um, You know, who do I ask to go to dinner anymore if I've lost all these close friends? I started thinking of other ways I could get involved with um, communities that in India don't always have access to the outdoors, be it women of Chennai that might not be encouraged to go explore. And I realized that, I mean, my research being in disability work and working with people with disabilities, that that's a community that also doesn't often get equal access to the outdoors, be it because trails are not accessible to people um, who are blind or visually impaired or or you're just discouraged from a cultural framework of you can't do that um, and sort of having your bodies be defined by your disability instead of your abilities. And so I reached out to an organization that I had seen called Adventures Beyond Barriers. Um, It was a group in Pune, which is more in Western India. And they do adventure sports. They do um, paragliding and scuba diving and trekking and mountaineering for people with disabilities. And I reached out to them and sort of explained that I was a researcher in India for a year um, and I would love just to visit their program, see what I could or couldn't help with, 
how I could get involved. And they responded within an hour, which is crazy, um, with so much excitement. And that immediately um, brought up my spirits, not only from this fire incident that happened, but also I just knew that this was something I wanted to focus on all of a sudden was how people that don't always have equal access to the outdoors can gain that. And so I moved up to Pune for a few weeks and worked with the most amazing organization. While I was there, we actually did a um, trekking and rappling, which is like reverse rock climbing, going down the mountain. Um, We did a trekking and rappling event for a group of people that use um, prosthetic limbs, a group of about 15 prosthetic limb users, which was the most fun. I Probably my single best experience in India was that, that event. And I realized that I wouldn't have had had that experience had it not been for um, losing my friends in the fire and having that starting experience with Chennai Trekking Club. And now this is something I'm planning on doing for actually the rest of my life. Hopefully next year I'll be up in Alaska working as an outdoor recreation therapist for kids with disabilities, um, taking kids near and around the Juneau area on skiing and hiking adventures. And when I continue into a medical career in the future, that's something I want to focus on is because I think that disability is not the actual physical impairment. I think it's the social and cultural environment that we have set up that makes people with physical impairments unable to participate on an equal basis with their peers. I think that's what disability is. I think that equalizing access to the outdoors and communities that value that um, is one of the best things we can do at keeping social integration Um, and therefore health for people with disabilities. And that was something that going into India, I I didn't know I valued as much as I now realize that growing up in Washington, right in the base of this beautiful volcano, Mount Rainier, and then going to India and having these experiences with the Chennai Trekking Club and getting connected to Adventures Beyond Barriers now is very much what I'm hoping to dedicate the rest of my career to. everything I do would be um, going for my India experience in general is something that's going to be taken forward with me but especially all the relationships for me it's definitely about the people as much as the place Um, and so several of the women that I had trekked with that were on this trek or that I had trekked with that weren't on this trek and all of us are now living with we have the living memory of these people as we go forward and just Some of them were the most vibrant people that could laugh and make a joke out of the fact that we were sleeping under these tents during monsoon season or people lost shoes over cliffs and just trying to bring even a fraction of that energy that some of these people I met had into my work with people with disabilities is something that I'm very aware of. Um, And I think even when I'm not consciously aware of it, I really think it's impossible to um, say that they didn't have that influence on me because they absolutely, it's somewhere deep down at this point. I'm 
Christopher Wurst, director of the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, or ECA. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. Our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Kylie Adams shared a tragic but ultimately uplifting story from her time as a Fulbright researcher in India. The Fulbright program operates in more than 160 countries, allowing its participants the opportunity to study, teach, conduct research, and exchange ideas in foreign countries. For more about ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We also encourage you to subscribe to 2233, wherever you find your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. Write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Special thanks this week to Kylie for her stories and, frankly, for her example. I did the interview with Kylie, along with Manny Pereira and Mary Kay Hazel, and edited this segment. The music you heard was Coca by Kieran Aluwalia and Peaceful Midnight Beauty by Soft Mix. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagierlus. Until next time.